on this first Sunday of Lent, um, Jeannie has already talked about the theme for the next several Sundays that lead us to uh, the celebration of Easter, airplane mode. Um, I don't know if everyone understands what that means or not. I didn't understand that uh, until I was forced to figure out that my cell phone had that hidden setting, the airplane mode setting. If you're not familiar with that, let me tell you about it. Um, for work, sometimes I have to get on an airplane and, and fly to other cities. And uh, whenever you have to fly, you get on the plane, and before the airplane comes off, everyone on the plane is given the instructions to pull out your cell phone, turn it to airplane mode. And effectively, that makes your highly expensive, sophisticated cell phone a very expensive paperweight is, is what that does. Um, I'm exaggerating slightly, but airplane, airplane mode turns your phone off from being able to accept texts, calls, notifications about the weather, your ESPN updates, anything that makes your phone chime or ding or, or gets your attention and says, here, pick, pick me up, look at me. I have something to say to you. That's what air, airplane mode is all about. So during this, this season of Lent, um, the, the idea is for us to think about our own lives and how we can quiet, quiet the distractions, the extra noise, those things that, that kind of yell at us or, or get our attention and say, look at me, pay attention to me. And while we try to turn off those noises in our life, we want to turn our attention more fully to God's voice and what God wants to speak into our lives. So, so that's what airplane mode is all about, and that is, of, of course, closely linked to what the season of Lent is all about. Lent is a season of, of introspection, of looking inside ourselves, of taking some time quietly, prayerfully, to ask God, God, help me see into my life where I'm falling short. Help me to see where I need to hear your voice more clearly. Help me to see and hear what you want me to see and hear in, in my own life. So, so this season, it may feel a little bit more somber. It may seem a little bit more quiet. Um, and that's on purpose. We don't do that very often in life, it feels like. But, but it's important and it's needed. And, and when we do that, um, a couple of things happen. Um, I've already alluded to it, when, when, we, when we pause and we look inside and, and we do that sincerely and honestly and ask for God's help, um, our eyes are open to some things that maybe we don't want to see or would rather kind of keep under the rug, the sin in our life that, that might be, you know, we, we're, we know about it full on but we don't want to deal with it, or it may be the sin in our life that's, wow, how did that get in there and I didn't even notice it. So that's one thing that this season helps us do. And the other thing is, is as we identify that sin and deal with it and address it, it helps us to be able to hear God's voice more clearly. I, I mentioned Wednesday evening at our Ash Wednesday service. Um, if you're looking for a why is this important, this is why this is important. Sin is destructive. Sin damages. Sin hurts. It hurts us. It hurts those we care about, the people around us. 
It, it breaks the connection we have with God and being able to hear clearly God's voice and God's direction in our lives. All those things that, that I think most of us would, would like. I want to have healthy relationships with the people around me. I want to have a relationship with God where I can hear God speaking in my life and, and God is present and active and I, can, and I can follow God's voice. All of those things that, that I think we yearn for this season of Lent helps us to, to connect in a deeper way and, and to follow, follow God in those ways. So this morning's scripture passage, appreciate Stephen reading it already, from Matthew chapter 4, um, the, the temptation of Jesus. And if I was thinking this morning as I was saying, you know, what to say, what not to say, I, it crossed my mind, you know, sometimes we, we look and think about in life, wow, I wish I knew how to deal with temptation in my life, how to, how to get through it, how to resist it, how to, how to stay away from it. This, this is the blueprint right here. Jesus lived it. He shows us how we can get through it our, ourselves. But before we jump into the meat of this story, um, there's, there's something that I think is important to point out from the beginning of the story and then a second thing at the very end of the story. But first, at the, at the beginning of the story, um, before this passage even begins, in the end of chapter 3, some of you know what has just happened to Jesus. He has just been baptized. He has just kind of announced to the world that I am serious about following my Heavenly Father. It's, it's, he, he's flipping a switch on, on becoming very public in his ministry. And he's going to start teaching people. He's going to start preaching, helping, healing. All of the things um, start right now in this moment. But at the end of chapter 3... Um, Jesus, or excuse me, God's voice from heaven calls down after Jesus has been baptized and Jesus comes up from the water. God's voice says, this is my son whom I love. With him, I am well pleased. So without a doubt, we know that Jesus is doing exactly what God wants him to do. Jesus is doing exactly, is where he wants, God, where God wants him to be. He's doing what God wants him to do. But then we jump to chapter 4 and verse 1 that Stephen read earlier, and what happens? The Spirit leads him into the wilderness to a deserted, desolate, unfriendly, unwelcoming place, and he's tempted by the devil. You may have heard me say this before months ago, but it's, it bears repeating because it's throughout Scripture, and it's, it, it, it's this, this thing in life we deal with where we, we want to believe or we want to live as if I'm living for God, if I'm doing what God wants me to do, life will fall into place. Life will be easy. And that is not what scripture shows us at all. That's not what this story shows us at all. Sometimes it's the opposite of that. When we are living for God, when we're being God's hands and feet, when we're being God's voice to the best of our ability in this world, Life gets harder. Um, it's, it's more of a challenge. As I, as I was reflecting on this today, I was reminded of something that, that Rick Warren wrote in The Purpose Driven Life a long time ago, uh, a book, and, and this quote, um, and he, he begins this quote by, by a couple of questions we often ask when life is hard. Warren writes, why is this happening to me? 
Why am I having such a difficult time? One answer is that life is supposed to be difficult. It's what enables us to grow. Remember heaven, or excuse me, remember earth is not heaven. And that last quote is what stuck in my mind all these decades and brought me back to this. We, we sometimes expect or want life to be perfect. We want it to be heaven, but it's not. If, if we step back, we realize that. And then his comment, maybe life is supposed to be difficult. It, it, what, it's what enables us to grow. Rick Warren, in, in his book, he, he talks about um, how, how healthy things are growing and they're strong and how trials make them stronger. And he talks about trees and, and in some situations, trees um, are planted and live in environments where, where the wind blows every day. And because the wind is blowing every day in that harsh environment, those trees are forced to put down deeper roots and have a stronger foundation. And because of that, they not only survive, but they thrive. They, they, they continue to live despite the storms, despite the thunderstorms, and even tornadoes that may come through, they, they make it. And they're stronger because of it. And then in some places, there, there are trees that, that grow and, and the winds are calm and the weather's mild. And because of that, they don't have to put down deep roots. But if a wind gust pops up or a storm rolls through, those trees may be uprooted and fall and perish just in that moment because they, they haven't faced the challenges. They haven't had to put down deep roots. And that's how it is in our spiritual lives. Just as Jesus was put in this situation, he was where exa- exactly where God wanted him to be, but it wasn't easy. And that's, that's a thing for us to remember as well. The second thing, fast forwarding to the very end of this story, is, is the, the, the final verses in verse 11. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. I know there are, there are some of us this morning that are in our own wildernesses. We're dealing with our own temptations, our own trials, our own struggles. And I just want to point out very clearly that that wilderness will not last forever for you. The temptations, the trials, whatever you're going through is not a forever thing. That's another lesson throughout scripture, throughout story. So, so find hope in that truth today and remember that as you go through this wilderness yourself, that God is with you, and as you cling to God and and follow Jesus through that, that as you come out the other side, you'll be stronger, your faith will be deeper, you'll have deeper roots, and perhaps even more significantly, your testimony to others will be even more inspiring and encouraging for them because of what God helped you get through. That will be a story that will help other people in the future. So I wanted to point out that at the beginning and that at the end. But the real meat, the real important stuff is in the middle of the story. Jesus is led into the wilderness. We find out really quickly that um, he has nothing to eat. And I think it's interesting and strategic that the enemy doesn't show up on the first day or the tenth day. It waits all the way to the most uh, vulnerable time for Jesus, when Jesus is at his hungriest, when Jesus is probably tired, he's worn out, exhausted, and then the enemy begins to 
entice Jesus and tempt Jesus. And that's, that's how it is in our lives as well. Um, the enemy, the devil, usually waits to where our um, most exhausted, maybe when we're most alone, maybe when we're the angriest or the, ma- uh, the maddest, the saddest, whatever it is, those most vulnerable times are when the devil's voice usually becomes loudest in our lives, when those temptations rear up and, and try to get our attention and try to distract us from God's voice in our lives. And that's what happened to Jesus. So the devil goes through three different temptations, lists three different things. And you may, you may kind of, as you interpret what the devil says to Jesus, you may kind of put it in different words than what I'm going to put it into right now. But for me, it, it seems like the enemy tempts Jesus in three ways that are the same things I'm tempted with today. Um, first of all, it seems like the, the enemy is reaching out to Jesus to, to use his power to take care of himself and himself only. You know, Jesus, you're hungry. Turn, turn feed yourself. Turn these rocks into, into loaves of bread. Take care of yourself. And, and that temptation to abuse power just take care of myself. Look out for myself. And then the second temptation. Um, for me, it, it seems like the, the temptation to, to prove myself. Jesus, just prove yourself. Just, just show who you are. Put me in my place. But that temptation we sometimes face to prove ourselves, to put others in their place, to, to show everybody else I'm, I'm the real deal. And that was a temptation that Jesus dealt with. And then finally, for me, this is the one I see in my own life and I see everywhere I look, the temptation to have more, to have more power, to have more possessions, to have more authority, just, just more. That's something that we, I think, all struggle with and are constantly tempted in our world today. But of course we see how Jesus responds and this is the real key to this whole story. Jesus doesn't respond by what he's feeling. He doesn't respond with any of any of the other stuff but he goes immediately to God's voice, his heavenly father's voice in his life. And and very literally he quotes scripture. He quotes Old Testament promises that he knows are true that his, are foundational to how he will live his life. And he pulls those directly to mind, and that's what guides his response. And you and I have the exact same opportunity to do that in our lives today. Um, but it is the challenge as, as, as we struggle with what voices do we listen to in life. Um, we have the temptations, we have the other voices, the other noise that's out there, be this, do that, get more. But when we're tuned into God's voice, um, we have the opportunity to respond to the temptations like Jesus did. Um, there's, there, uh, I'm hesitating here because I always talk too much about myself, but I'm going to do it again. Um, I know in, in my own life when, when, um, when I felt the most connected to God, 
when, when God's voice has been clearest in my life, not when life has been easy, but when I felt the most connected to God. It, it's been when, when I have, have been able to do this, when I've made time each day to spend time with the Bible, to spend time praying and meditating and, and thinking about God's word and hearing, keeping God's voice front and center in my life in, in those ways. And back when I was in college, um, I had a couple of, of friends who introduced me to, to, to scripture memory, to memorizing Bible verses. And it, was, it wasn't about just memorizing Bible verses so when I showed up at Bible study each week, I could impress my friends by reciting word for word the Bible verse. That, it could have been that, but, but I, I found it to be so important in my spiritual life when, when it was more than that. When it was, okay, here, here's a promise from God or here's a truth to live by that I could just carry around in my mind whenever I went. I wouldn't have to, to pick up my Bible. It was way before cell phones and Bible apps, but I, I wouldn't have to open my Bible app up if I needed to remember something. It was, it was there in my mind and in, in my, my thinking. And there was one verse I, I memorized um, years ago, 2 Corinthians 10.5, the, the New International Version, it's kind of wordy, but it says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. In, in so many words, it's saying we, we, we push aside, we get rid of all the stuff that is opposing God's voice, that is opposing the knowledge of God. And, and, and we take captive, we hold on to the, the truth and make it obedient to Christ. So, so it's really kind of this, this sermon in a nutshell, if you will. But it, it, that, for me, that was about what am, I, what am I going to pay attention to? What am I going to allow, allow my, uh, my thoughts and my mind to go toward? Is it going to be things that are distracting and tempting, or is it going to be things that I know God wants me to live for? And I memorized this verse. Um, I don't remember what year it was, but, but it was a little bit later in the spring season. It was, it was toward the end of the spring semester on, on college, in college. And, you know, on, on college campuses, uh, when the weather warms up, people change the type of attire, a type of clothing they wear. And as a young man um, in the warmer temperatures, um, I would walk out of my room and I would be tempted everywhere I would look because uh, girls wouldn't wear as much as they would used to when the weather was colder. And... That, that's, I'll be very honest with you, that's something that has been a, a temptation of mine every day of my life. So I'd walk out of my room and go on to college campuses, and I had this verse in my mind. That this, it was, okay, what, what is, what's going to be the distraction? What's going to be the noise that's trying to get my attention? But in my best moments, my best days, I, I would call this verse to mind as I would walk through campus, and it would direct where my eyes looked, it would direct what I thought of. It would remind me, Todd, stay connected to God. Don't let sin creep in your life in that way and, and lead to, to all the destructive things can, sin can cause. Now, before you think I'm a great saint or anything like that, the other part of this story is as I memorized scripture and, and really tried to live it out, um, some other sin creeped in the back door that was not nearly as obvious to me. Um, I would begin to, to think about how self-righteous I was and, and how I 
judge my, my other Christian friends because they weren't nearly as spiritual as me. And after a while, God helped open my eyes to that. And, and Todd, you really need to deal with that because that's just as much sin as, as the first sin that, that I talked about. So I, I say all that to say um, what Jesus did in this story in Matthew 4, yeah, it's Jesus and Jesus was perfect, but it's the blueprint for how we can live too. It's, it's possible for us to tune out the noise and to focus more and more intently on hearing God's voice in our lives. And we do that when we make what ways to spend time with the Bible, to spend time thinking about it, praying over it, meditating on it, maybe even memorizing it, and allowing it to guide our thoughts and our actions. In closing, I'm going to share one final illustration with you. Um, I found a photo of a, of a young boy listening with his earbuds in. And uh, my son Andrew inspired this. This isn't my son Andrew, by the way. But this is a, a photo. And I, I want you to notice that kind of that, that sly smile um, that this young boy has. And I, I'm making this up, but, but this is what I think is going on in his mind. Um, because Andrew inspired me because he has what's called noise-canceling earbuds. Anybody, anybody have noise-canceling earbuds, earphones? I hear some teenagers. Yeah, a few, a few, Donna. Um, the, this is this magical creation that when you put these in your ear and plug into whatever the source is to listen to music or a podcast, whatever it is, all it allows you to hear is that source that you're plugged into. Whenever there's some external noise or bang or, or whatever, um, it, it blocks that out. You're not allowed to hear it. And I'm convinced that this young man in this photo has a sly smile on his mouth, on, on his face, because a parent or a teacher or someone across the room is trying to get his attention, trying to say something to him, but the noise is blocked out. He can't hear him. I'm, I'm convinced that teenagers created this ingenious technology so that they could tune out their parents. But, but that's, that's the final metaphor I want to leave you with as we begin this Lenten journey together. Um, as as the, in a similar way to noise-canceling earbuds, canceling out the noise around us, the distractions, the temptations, all the things that can take our eyes and our focus off following God and living for God. Let us plug in to God's voice in our lives. There's a few different ways we can do that. Of course, continuing to show up and worship together on Sunday mornings from now till Easter. Lenten small groups are starting this week. I'll say a little bit more about that in a moment. Um, as you exit the sanctuary in a few minutes um, out on the Welcome Center, there's a, a bookmark with five very simple, easy, practical steps you can do daily to help connect with God. But the, the point is, is it takes some intentionality. It doesn't just happen on purpose, uh, uh, by itself. The, 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 the voices, the distractions in this world that are trying to get our attention are just so strong and prevalent that, that we have to be intentional about canceling out the noise around us and amplifying God's voice in our lives. And I invite all of us, myself included, to do that together this Lenten season. Let's pray together.
Lord God, we're so thankful that you're here with us today. And we're so thankful that you're with us every moment, every second. But God, we we acknowledge that it's sometimes hard to, to hear your voice. Sometimes the distractions, the temptations, the noise, it pushes your voice to the side. Lord, help us use today and this season to reconnect with you on a deeper level. Help us to do what it takes to listen to you so that we can live for you and follow you and experience the full life that you have for each of us, Lord. We thank you for Jesus who makes all of that possible. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. As you remain seated, I'm going to ask you to to respond however God is leading you this morning. I will be out in the, the lobby to the right over here. If you would like to talk or pray or process any of this, I invite you to, to do that. But let's respond as God leads us this morning. <laughs>